You sounded like you had something, DJ. Started to say something. I'm good to go. You're good to go? Well, I, I think I, I started to say that, and I kind of thought, oh, he answered that already. So I recanted my before I got it out recanted. there. Recanted, that's a good word. There you go. Big words. Are you a politician now? No, not okay. at all. <laughs> no. I can lie like that. Yeah, there we go. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is Chris Hill. This is DJ Loop, and uh, we're here today with Todd and Mike from the Brewing and Distilling Center. And uh, guys, thank you for joining us today. Thank uh, you and, for having us. And DJ Loop is back. Mike, Mike didn't permanently take my place. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it was nice having somebody handsome to talk to. Oh, th- thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. But did did he did he drink as much as me? Uh, probably not. Okay, no, good. No. There you we still, go. See, at least I won on something, right? Yeah. So. But, but I could get him on my shoulders. Yeah, Mike, I couldn't make it to Brewfest, so Mike McConnell uh, filled in for me. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. Absolutely, Mike. Very and grateful. Sugar Mamas. Thank, thank you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you are, out <laughs> in radio land. Yes. Yes, probably on the 100 block of Gay Street. There you go. Hanging out, drinking beer at Sugar Mamas. Shouldn't be better. No, so we're here with the brewing and stealing. Um, so who do we have here? I'm Dr. Todd White. I am the president and founder of the Brewing and Distilling Center. Okay. And I'm Mike Adams. I'm the vice president, Todd's right-hand man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. Um, we were really excited to um, hear that you guys wanted to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And hear that you all were interested in, you know, just everything that we, you know, we do and really, really interested in hearing about what you guys do. Sure. Well, we one thing we really appreciate you all supporting uh, and promoting the craft beer industry in, in our area. Thank you. Um, and it's come a long way in five years, and you you've both have seen that, how far it's come in the last five years, and even longer than that. But the last five years has made a lot of, a lot of strides in the, in the brewing community here in East Tennessee, and it's a lot of fun to be part of it. Yeah. I mean, simply look at, look, we can look where we're sitting at right yep. now. We're at uh, round six. Yep. We're becoming a brand new um, establishment here in uh, Maryville, Tennessee. We're, we're, we've ventured outside the city limits a little bit to uh, Maryville. Now, do y'all have a license to come in Blount County? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, of course okay. we do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need one of those for radio. Okay. Yeah. Podcast. Just wondering. We're, we're, we're pretty tight in Blount County about who we let in. And, That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We know the sheriff. We know the oh, sheriff and the chief of police. I'll say Luann let me, gave me the pass. Then there you go. Then you're in. <laughs> Um, well, Todd, tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, you know, what, what's your history with beer? How did you get into brewing? And where did all that begin for you? Sure. Well, I'll tell you where it started. Started in high school when all my buddies were drinking beer and I didn't like beer, right? And so I made myself like beer. Dad, dad was single, uh, just me and dad, and dad would be out on on Friday nights and I'd be home and he'd have Budweiser in the fridge. Dad also liked his screwdrivers, but he had Budweiser in the fridge. And I would force myself to drink a Budweiser. And like the first week, 
drank about a third of it. Second week, maybe half of it. So anyway, now I could hang out. I mean, I was always hanging out with my buddies, but I could actually drink beer with my, with my friends and yeah, this beer is good. So anyway, fast forward to college and I was always, I loved beer by then and was always looking for good beer, better beer. Uh, and by the time I got to vet school, okay, my first uh, life was as a veterinarian and, and uh, in vet school, we perfected the art of drinking beer um, from Thursday to Saturday night. We drank a lot of beer in vet school. Um, and so my idea of treating myself, and I'm a poor vet student, and my idea of treating myself on New Year's Eve, I would buy myself a six pack of Lowenbrow Dark. And that was the mm. most exotic, for lack of a better word, beer that I could find. Mm. So I was always looking for different and good beer. And fast forward a little bit further, um, I got a, I practiced medicine for about 17 years and then I got a lot of interest and, and went back into architecture school. So I've got an architecture degree and wow. looking at me like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> um, and my first really good job working for an architect down in, in the Atlanta area and a great architect learned a lot from him. And once a year, he threw a party for his friends and clients, and he brewed beer. And so I helped him brew beer the year I was there. Had never seen that done before, never even heard of brewing your own beer. And at the party, we had three different beers. Couldn't tell you what they were, but they were fantastic. Yeah. Like, wow, this is very interesting. Hmm. Okay. And so um, finally moved back home to Maryville, and. I love hosting parties, and so I, I moved in this um, house that had some property with it, perfect place for a party, and so I wanted beer to be a theme of my party, and went online and was looking, looking, and found something called Iceland Beer Day. And so Iceland Beer Day is a holiday, the most popular holiday in Iceland, and they celebrate the prohibition, the, the, the relief or the release of prohibition against brewing beer in Iceland. Uh, there was a 75-year prohibition, and they, were, they gave that up, and now they can drink beer in Iceland, and they celebrate that with what's called Iceland Beer Day. So I thought, let's just celebrate. Kenny's been to Iceland Beer Day. Let's just celebrate <laughs> Iceland Beer Day in Maryville, Tennessee. So I started having this party called Iceland Beer Day, um, and beer was the theme. And the only criteria to come to this party was you had to bring a six pack of, I didn't know the word craft beer at the time. This was yeah. 2003, didn't know that word yet. I called it exotic beer. But you had to bring a six pack of different exotic craft beer, whatever, to come to the party. Huh. And whether you drank it or not, whether you drank beer or not, so I'd have 100, 150 folks that show up at this party and multiply that times six, and that is a boat, literally a boatload of beer. We had to have a canoe as our cooler, um, so the Iceland Beer Day party was huge, and then fast forward a little bit further, uh, 2008, Mike here, this is where I met Mike. We, Mike was a general manager, and I was one of the owners of the market in Maribel, and I owned the craft beer um, department or craft beer store there, and wow. it's there that I really realized that there's a craft beer explosion in the United States. Um, in the meantime, I had been teaching um, for quite a while, uh, which is now my love and, and really my passion. And as an educator, 
I was wondering where were breweries, these all these new breweries, getting qualified, trained brewers? Yeah. Okay. Little research. Um, the Siebel Institute in Chicago, UC Davis on the West Coast. That was just about it, and they had a three-year waiting list. And at this time, I was teaching at South College, and I had Mike and I. Um, we started what I know to be um, the very first beer tastings in East Tennessee. We mm. had at the market. And those were crazy popular. We had a great time hosting those and met a lot of great people. And we would either, we would pick the theme or we'd bring breweries in to have their, you know, showcase their, their beers. And one time we had Marty Vellis from Smoky, at that time he was with Smoky Mountain yep. Brewery. And I got to, to, to know Marty then and discovered his uh, pedigree, if you will, in, yep. in craft brewing, which is amazing. He's is. one of the pioneers in the craft brewing industry in the United States. And immediately went to Marty and said, I think we need a beer school in Knoxville. And he goes, yeah, we do. So long story short, through a lot of prodding and, and poking and developing a curriculum, we started the, um, the brewing school at South College in 2013. So that's the long answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we wanted here. That's awesome. Okay. Cool. So, so 2013 rolls around, you guys get started. Yep. Um, what was the reception like to the program? It was unbelievable. So, um, you know, they did their own marketing. They do in South College. They did yeah. their own marketing. And they, it, it did take some, some convincing on my part and for them to do their due diligence to say, yes, this is a, a program that, that has um, some backbone to it and can, frankly could, could make some money. Okay, and there was a demand for it. Yeah. Um, and so we had 16 students in our first class, which was incredible. Mm. It was just like maybe six months of marketing. Yeah. So from the get-go, it was, it was a good response. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And so where, I, and I know you've moved on, obviously, to yep. the Brewing and Distilling Center, but at the time you all said, okay, we're moving on to do this. Where did the program end up? Like, what's the, what's the normal enrollment for the program? It, it, it went up and down. So okay. it would vary between 16 and then 10 and back to 14 and then 8. So it went, it went up and down. Yeah. Um, and there's reasons for that. Sure. Which is why I'm doing the Brewing and Distilling Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good to know. What, um, for someone who wants to get into brewing and distilling sure. and anything in that area, what do they need to know before they go to, say, a college to do it? Do they have to have any previous degrees or certifications? They, they do not. They Really, the main thing they need is a passion, desire, and a little research into the industry, you mm -hmm. know, what they're going to be doing, what the pay scale may be, what the sure. workload is like. Uh, because if, if like any, any, um, any career or industry, looking from the outside in, you think, oh, this is so cool. There's more than being a brewer than just thinking up a recipe and drinking beer all damn day long. Yeah. Is it 90% janitor? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? It is. Yeah, it, is a, it is a lot of hard work. Yeah. And most breweries are not air conditioned. Yeah. And six months out of the year, it's crazy hot in those things, and you're carrying around 55-pound bags, and you're cleaning 75% of the time. But you, for a living, you're making beer. And how damn cool is that? It's pretty awesome. And so... One of the things that kept me in this industry, um, I've been in a couple different industries, mm -hmm. and the, the folks, the, the people in the brewing industry at the markets where we really got to know these people, 
and Mike can attest to that too. And, and the reason that I'm in this industry, I could teach anything. Yeah. Well, not anything, but a lot of things. Okay. Um, but the reason I, one of the reasons I'm in this teaching brewers and distillers too is brewers, as a general rule, are really nice people. They're fun to be around. They're unbelievably passionate about what they do. Mm. And that's not a common thing for somebody to be passionate about, about their damn job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many people do you talk to wherever and go, man, I just love my job this Friday, but I wish I was still working? That freaking never happens, right? No. Most people do not care for their job. Yeah. And so, and they're also very smart and very creative. And so this is a bunch of people that are fun to be around. Right, DJ? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, these people are fun to be around. And so with that, that's another reason that drew me into this industry to want to hang around these folks. Yeah. And it has proven to be that ever since I've been in it. So um, that's one of the main reasons I'm, I'm in this industry is because of the, the people in it. That's great. We've had this conversation about the coloration of art and beer and I'm like and it, it is blue collar kind of art form and the, and I think when it comes when, when you're talking about art you're talking about passion and so yeah. you have like in the craft beer industry you have this people who have this the people who make it have this intense love for what they're doing and and that's what draws in the customer that's what draws in the people and like um I was trying to get, what were just, where were when you were doing the South College thing? Who were some of your favorite people that, that you work with, or maybe that we might know in the industry today? Well, I don't know the exact number, but a lot of the brewers currently in Knoxville are from our program. We just saw Will Brady here at, at Round Six. Yeah, and I've got a great Will Brady story. Okay, I'll, <laughs> and it's not a dirty one either. There's, there's so. a lot of Will Brady stories. I got I got yeah. some good ones too, man. I'll, I'll let People you tell it. Later. Later. I'll let Mike yeah. tell it because that may I may repeat it, but go ahead and tell the Will Brady story. Well, so Will Brady is the current brewer at Pretentious. Yes. Okay, that's that's who we're talking about. And so at the time, you know, I I had it, taken over the the craft beer portion of the market after Todd had left, and really just dove right in and and expanded it as, as rapidly as I could and we were doing an event there and Todd had brought in some of his students um, as volunteers for this event and Will Brady was one of the one of the volunteers and he worked so hard and was so happy to be involved in in doing anything related with craft beer. You know, he outworked a lot of my employees and came up and thanked me. I w- he had volunteered for the night. <laughs> I was not even paying him. I think it was a calf killer. I think we were having a calf killer party. So the place was packed. It was crazy. And he worked to the bone that night. And seeing his work ethic and his passion around thought of being involved in that industry was really inspiring to me and I will never forget working with him that night you know as a person that was running a business there's nothing more valuable than than people that are passionate about what they do and and so I you know I really appreciated it even though you know he he wasn't a lifelong employee of the market Um, you know he's gone on to to great things at pretentious and 
you know, seeing that passion in somebody, I know that he's got a a good future ahead of him in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it's and the thing that it is, it's good for have to have people like you guys now that get to kind of direct that passion. Yep. That that's the whole thing is like, I mean, the, the, that passion is great, but if you're, if, but if you have you have somebody to educate it and push it forward, yep. and that's what I hope you guys will be going be doing. And you've you've been you guys been doing with the South College program yep. now, yep. moving on to the. Uh, uh, brewing the ceiling program. Yep. Yeah. So my, what turns me on, this is why I teach. This is why I'm an educator, is to help young people, and they're not always young, but to help people reach their goals. Whatever their goals are, if I can help them reach those goals, whether it's doing well in this class, or getting into some professional program, or in our case, getting through the brewing program, and then helping them um, procure a job in the industry and we are very active in helping folks get jobs in the industry um, we'll call folks recommend them whatever we need to do uh, help them get get those jobs that the that they are interviewing for that's great um, and then seeing them then get that job and be successful so you asked about some other folks Ben Copeland is a head brewer at uh, Black Horse Brewery mm-hmm. brew pub uh, and Ben moved down here from Cincinnati and moved down here for six months to do the program, put his faith in me and us, because I look every one of my potential students in the eye and say, when I ask them, what, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with this certificate? Why are you taking this program? And whatever it is, I say, okay, good. We'll, we'll help you reach that goal. Then Ben, we helped him, helped him get a job at Black Horse, because Black Horse has always been supportive of our program. Mm-hmm. Um, helped Ben first while he was a student because I recommend for students as they're taking our courses if they can to work in the industry whether mm. it's volunteering or whatever so Ben was waiting he's a wait staff because he'd been in the restaurant industry at Black Horse and then they needed help every now and then in the brew house he helped them and then as he graduated he got an assistant brewership there mm-hmm. and then one day the head brewer at Black Horse leaves, and he was one of the few people, I don't even know his name, he was one of the few people that I didn't click with automatically and didn't mm. have a smile on his face. Mm. So there was something not great with him in, in this position. But anyway, so he immediately leaves, and Ben walks in that position and helps them with this crisis on that day, and yeah. he's been the head brewer ever since. Well, I, I can say Ben is um, doing a great job at Black Horse. Yep. They're they're just coming out with tons of good beers. Yep. We DJ and I are part of a Sunday night crew that always goes out and grabs a beer before the work week starts. And um, our our location of choice used to be downtown Grill and Brewery. Then we moved on to there for reasons I will not disclose on the podcast. Um, and then moved on to um, Black Horse. And okay. since Ben's come on, you can tell a difference in the beer. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I think it really shows. I think DJ, you can, you can agree with that. Yeah. Are we going? Are we going to call it the uh, Doctor White effect? I think so. <laughs> I think it is like the Doctor White effect. Well, the Ben, effect. you know, they have a yeah. a white IPA. Oh, that, that's so great. And Ben, it is name is not the color. Ben wanted to call it the Doctor White IPA, but, <laughs> but the owners awesome. went, "Nah, let's don't let's don't do that. <laughs> don't give him too much. Credit. Nah, don't give him too much credit." That's but that awesome. that White IPA is actually named after me. 
That's yeah. Yeah. Well, this this is one. this is the humble beer right cast, but <laughs> that wasn't so humble. Yeah. No. No. It's okay. It's a humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Humble brag. I like it. So um, I guess we're we're I guess we're we're talking about present day, but present day like, uh, what is this uh, brewing distillery? Yeah. How do how do you how do you get there? Where is it at? What does it do? I mean. All right. So I started this and and brought Mike in really early because I knew Mike's passion. And not only, not only his passion for the industry, but knew and has witnessed Mike's work ethic. Mike's one of these guys that you give him a job to do and he just figures out how to freaking get it done. Plus, he's passionate about this, that, about this industry and, and, and we uh, are, are really good friends and, and, and see eye to eye on, on lots of things. Um, but we, I, I broke away uh, from South uh, because we just weren't reaching everybody we needed to reach. Um, there's so much demand out there for, for, for training brewers and then also distillers. So the distilling industry may even have a more demand on qualified or trained uh, assistant distillers than even the brewing industry because there really is no, there's a lot of so-called brewing schools around right now, yeah. uh, but most of them associate with like an associate degree or a four-year degree and you don't need to do that mm. uh, to get a job in the, in the industry. Uh, but there's a huge demand in distilling, so we saw that. So we've added distilling to our curriculum. Wow. Uh, and we've got several local distillers who are on our, uh, I guess, advisory board or whatever to help us develop the distilling curriculum. Um, so we're really happy, happy with that. But so essentially, we're able to reach a lot more of the market that is demanding to be trained than we were able to. In addition to that, I, I want to throw a couple of things in here. Right. We're also able to, to do some classes for the hobbyist and enthusiast. That's awesome. So right now we're in, um, we're doing our first class of their certificate program. And the certificate program is called the Professional Brewing and Distilling Technology Certificate Program. So that's the program that will help you get a job in history. So you get a certificate and you know how to be employable and productive on the brew floor, in the brew house, or distillery, just, excuse me, from day one. Mm -hmm. um, but in addition to that, we know there's a lot of enthusiasts out there that want to learn things. There's not really good classes around for those. No. So, and round six is helping us with some of these. So we've got a mead class that's going to start in September. We've got a cider class that's going to start in September. We've got a home brewing level one class that's going to start in September. We've got an advanced homebrewing class called the All Grain, so folks wanting to go from extract to all grain. Uh, we've got that in September, and then we're also going to be starting what we're calling a Master Brewer Series. Wow. And what that is, and here's our first two examples, uh, local, um, well-known and well-respected uh, craft brewer, Master Brewer, uh, will choose a beer of his choice and have a demonstration a class on that so Aaron and the folks at Crafty uh, are going to do um, uh, their tessellation IPA we're going to do that yeah, uh, in um, November um, so you can sign up go in and hang out with Aaron for a half a day or three quarters of a day see how he does that beer uh, tap that beer three weeks later take some of that home um, and then Nathaniel Sears, uh, we're going to do an Imperial Pumpkin Ale mm. uh, starting in um, October. 
Um, no, Sounds really good. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to have Master Brewer Series to where the Master Brewers, you can go in and hang out with them and see how, learn some of the secrets of their trade and take that beer home. So we're doing also classes and, and events for the enthusiasts too. Great. I mean, and also that's going to be great for because people like that connection with the brewery that they're going to see. The fact that they can take those classes, especially from yeah. brewers, and, and get that kind of almost more of an intimate setting. I think that's one of the reasons why beer festivals have been so popular is because they've got the you get to meet yeah. and, and and of course your local craft brewer, but even even more so like craft brewer, you get to meet the. Um, owners and stuff, but even more so, you get to learn how to yeah learn yeah. some of the secrets, and, the yeah. secrets and the ins and outs of it. That's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're real excited about offering this opportunity yeah. uh, for for our area. So our you know our mission is obviously to train individuals who want to get jobs in the brewing and distilling industry, but also is to promote and support the craft beer and distilling industry that's here locally and regionally. Yeah. Well, one thing I've found is that people that end up in the industry a lot of times end up being people that start out as enthusiasts. They yep. start out interested. One of my best friends right now is brewing some great beer, just home brewing, and he's already asking the question of, "Hey, how do I start? You know, actually becoming a professional brewer and doing all this?" this card right here. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. The number is BR five four nine. Yeah, yeah, and he. I, I think he should move back to Knoxville. It's my personal opinion, okay, but. But yeah, he's cool. in San Antonio, Texas right now. Okay. But he's in a good place to actually start a brewery himself. But if he had something like this, it might add to that education, add to that knowledge. And it definitely will. It's very valuable. One of the issues, I mean, all these over 4,000 breweries that are opening now, not all of them are going to survive. And some of those may be because of business issues, because yeah. it's still a small business. Uh, and those are not easy to get started. No, they're not. Um, but another issue will be producing a nice quality beer. And going from a home brewer to a commercial brewer is a huge, huge leap. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and probably three-quarters of my students have been and are home brewers. And as they're taking this class, they're going, oh, my God, I didn't know how much I did not know. This is why my beer is sometimes crappy. Mm. <laughs> oh, I do have a kind of a question I was thinking about is, how do you just go about starting a school? I mean, th th I mean, th th that sounds like it's such a. Um, I was sitting there thinking, and how do you? How is that? That's such a. He's got a piece of paper project. here. I do you have just a piece wake of paper. up and do it. Really, know, that's exactly. it's pretty simple. No, it's it's so like I'm like I was like man I'm like I was sitting there like all the things that I love like like Chris like could you could, could start a school on podcasting tomorrow. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Just like sure. wake up and start a school uh, on it. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't teach a class at all. I, I would be taking the classes. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot to teach you, teacher. Exactly. Yeah. There is. But like, I mean, like, how did you just like? How do you just wake up, up, go? I'm gonna start a school. Like, is there like a process to that? Yes. There's an unbelievable process. And DJ, I could not have paid you more money to ask that question at this moment <laughs> because uh, to to. To start, to have a school, a post-secondary school, which means a, a school that trains folks after high school, okay? So whether it's a four-year college, uh, an associate's degree, cosmetology, truck driving, whatever, you have to be authorized, and I use the word authorized, by the State of Tennessee Higher Education Commission. And they have a half a mile high stack of criteria, 
documents, all these things you have to do to be approved by them. And if you're not approved by them, you cannot be legally a school and charging money to students to give them some sort of certificate or diploma or, or any kind of education. So today, just today. Just today. Just today. Just I got today. this letter uh, from the State of Tennessee Education Commission that we are authorized. Uh, even though we've, we've started, um, they are coming for DJ. Yep. Yeah. Police are here for you today. <laughs> they're saying they're started, but we're actually sitting right outside their van. <laughs> and we're on the road. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Yeah. So, um, the, so they, this, this commission, there's a commission that decides this. So you have to apply to be a post-secondary, some sort of educational facility. Uh, and, and even if you're a, a, even the University of Tennessee or any kind of college that starts a new program, like the certificate program at South College, we had to go through that authorization process. So I went through that process with them and so understood a little bit about it, but wasn't totally in charge of doing that. Um, but it is a long involved process um, and we are official today. Well, congratulations. I think, I think a that's a toast cheers. right yeah, there. Cheers, actually guys. actually is a big... Cheers to education, I guess. Big deal. Officially yeah. official. We officially <laughs> are official. So we're pretty happy with that. That's awesome. A lot of man hours on, on my part. Yeah. And I will say, if I may, that the, uh, <laughs> the guys that came in to inspect us... Yeah, we have to have a site inspection. Site, site have visit. have to come and say, where is this facility? Where are you teaching these classes? They want to look at everything. Where are you teaching? Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. <laughs> well, we're teaching the classes currently over at Fanatic Brewing Company on okay. Central okay. in Knoxville. And the guys from the state came over to check us out. And it was their first time doing a brewing school at a brewery, at an actual facility like that. And turned out that one of the guys doing the inspection was a home brewer. <laughs> and... They were beyond excited for what we were doing. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that we had beer on site played a little bit of a role in us getting our, <laughs> our approvals. Yeah. But, uh, it, did you, it was did you have just Marty Vellis in the corner waving? I mean, that would do something too, right? He was actually, he was actually <laughs> he was believe there, it or not, he was, he was there. He was working really hard. He yeah, played yeah. a little bit of ping pong when he was there, but uh, he did also help us show them around and, you know, they were floored by the experience and getting to see everything that's involved in the process. They had never been in a in a operational brewery. Two guys from Nashville, and uh, they really, really enjoyed the visit. It was a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, Are you guys looking for your standalone? Uh, a standalone eventually, yeah. Eventually, like yeah. Classroom top setting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I'm just speculating here, but like, I bet. There's so many great breweries downtown now. Having like an office or some kind of office downtown where you can kind of like piggyback of all the different breweries would be perfect. Well, this this is what we do. So currently we are operating a Fanatic because Fanatic does have a conference room that we use as the classroom. Yes. We have classroom space, lab space, and then obviously the brew house space. But we have agreements with most of the breweries in Knoxville, and we've developed relationships with with all or most of the breweries in Knoxville to where we can go and visit the breweries, have guest lectures there, see how they do their processes. 
Um, and part of the education, uh, part of this certificate degree, uh, and I'm reading here because I don't sometimes I don't have all these numbers memorized, even though I hey, developed them. Totally so, fine. Um, our program is a 13-week program, and one of those midweeks is a sort of a midterm thing. So there's essentially 12 weeks of 10 hours a week education. So that's 120 hours. Okay, if you do your math, 10 times 12 is 120, I believe. Carry the two, um, and but. In that 120 hours, I have 96 hours of official classroom time and then 24 hours of practical brew house time to where they're actually brewing beer. In addition to those 120 hours, which are the 10 hours of classroom time, um, they also have to do 24 extra hours, we call it industry-related experience hours, which is about two hours a week um, that they have to do and they have a checklist of things. So we have an agreement with distilleries and breweries in the area where they go in and work or experience different um, skills that they do in there um, and get those checked off and, and signed and all that sort of thing, make it official. So they also have to do even 24 more hours of, of, of practical experience because what we've heard from the breweries um, about students coming out of a program is the more practical experience they have, the better. Yeah. Okay, they need the classroom and, and theoretical, you know, um, why is this beer going bad and there's two major problems. It's pH management and temperature management. Mm. Those two things are the primary cause of 90% of issues in a brew house, whether it's home brewing or not. Um, but you have to have all this understanding of the science behind it. And as you well know, there's a lot of science behind brewing because it's all chemical reactions. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, knowing how all this works, um, that they, the breweries won't, as they hire folks, practical experience. Yeah. And so the more that we are able to provide them, the better uh, training they're going to have. And when they're interviewing, they have their resume and it has all these different skills and experiences they've done while at the Brewing and Distilling Center. That's going to put them above somebody else interviewing. That was, yeah. that, that was my kind of, you kind of led into my next question. Okay. Like, I've brewed a couple batches of beer myself and helped out. I had um, um, I got a couple of thank yous to, to Charles Ellis, who helped me brew um, uh, my birthday beer that's we're, we're releasing. Hey, at you the know, Charles is a graduate of our program, yeah. right? Um, he's in our first class, and I'll talk more about Charles in a second. And Charles, he helped me. Um, he, he's brewing some, some good me. beer. He's awesome. He yeah. um, he brewed uh, with um, some of my assistants. I checked temperatures and I helped hop in. I hopped. I had the hops and. And was helping out, and he helped, he did the birthday beer. Yep. So so I've been I've been doing stuff like that, and thank you him for that. So I decided to join your join your school. I go through the school. Okay. Uh, and let's say I am like a plus student. Yeah. Uh, I'm the bees knees. I'm bees knees. I'm the <laughs> teacher's pet. I get my resume. I get my certificate, yep. and I put an application in a brewery. Yep. They see the fact that I got the certificate. Yep. What do you want the breweries to think when they see Brewing and Distilling Center on the resume? So that's a great question. Um, so even at the previous program where I was, within three years, we got a, a really good reputation in the industry because we have literally students and now graduates that are working in breweries all over the United States. Um, and they showed as graduates of this program that they were very productive, good employees and knew what they were doing. Um, 
And so when somebody's looking at this resume, they will, on this resume, and really on the certificate itself that they will have in their hand, will show a, essentially a synopsis of all the different classes and all the different things that they learned, okay, and all the skills that they learned. So the potential employer, the brewer, or the brewery has this in their hands, and it has all the stuff that they've learned, and then what usually happens on this interview, or maybe on the second interview, to test them a little bit, they'll take them out in the brew house and start asking them questions. And what is happening here? What would you do here? How do you do a yeast cell count? How do you do a yeast viability count? And our students are going, do it this way, this is what you do, this is what you do. So they're answering these questions uh, that are basic skills that you should know as an as a introductory level um, employee. And so they're going to have, it's going to show pretty quickly on that they have an edge up. And then we always, you know, as far as they can, as far as recommendations, um, we have our, most of our students have myself or Marty or one of other professors or teachers um, for, to call. And I've had so many um, either HR folks or the brewer who was interviewing the students or the graduates call and say, hey, what do you think about this person? I go, yeah, you better hire this person. Because <laughs> one, That's they're awesome. a great individual. They have a great work ethic. Work ethic and you've also developed the curriculum around the recommendations by the Masters Brewer Association of America. We are working recommendations, correct? We are working towards that. Yeah. So the it's great. Yeah. So the MBAA, Master Brewers Association of the Americas, um, they're sort of the, the unofficial governing body uh, of the brewing industry. That and the Brewers Association. If you are a brewer, you're a member of one or both of these. You know, every industry has their supporting organization, mm -hmm. uh, and they are currently looking at um, what you can do is go through their uh, checklist of requirements to be certified or authorized by the NBAA, and we are on that path to do that. Mm. That's exciting. It's really cool. So, what um, I guess what can you what can someone expect like coming out like what are the, you mentioned that people get placed all over the place. Yeah. Where are some like, are there any ones that would like, people would go, oh wow, people got placed there Founders. as a result? Nice. Wow. Uh, North Coast. Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Wow. So, uh, let me tell you the Lagunitas story. You could story. probably keep going too. I could. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's so many hey, we smaller have, breweries we that we don't humble, know. Not you, okay? So Remember, you? we sure. have to be humble, not you. <laughs> okay, so. Victory in Pennsylvania. So oh, Victory's great. Terrapin nice. has three of our folks. Wow. And in fact, Spike, uh, the head brewer there at the Southern Brewer, the first Southern Brewers Conference in Nashville last summer, last August, um, he was the uh, keynote introductory speaker, the welcome speaker. Yeah. And two times he mentioned the South College program. Wow. In his and he said he had three of our graduates there. Uh, so we've got them. Those are some, some ones that you probably know. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's the fact that I think it seems like your program has pedigree and then you're, you've you started somewhere, you've learned. I think you've, it seems like you start somewhere, you've kind of learned what to do, what not to do. Yep. And you're kind of blooming into something that I think that's going to be really productive. and more streamlined would you say that it's it's i don't know it's more streamlined but it's it's 
um, one more practical experience. And again, we, we also uh, are expanding to distilling, um, but also we have the freedom to, to guide this curriculum where it needs to go. I'm continuously getting feedback from the industry about, hey, are you doing this? Yes, I am. Are you doing this? No, but I, should I be doing this? Yes, you need to be doing this for the students. Mm. So we are very malleable in, in our curriculum because our goal is to, again, provide employees in the industry and we need to know from the industry what they are looking for. Yeah. And so we want to, whatever they're looking for, we want to provide that in our, in our program, in our education. That's awesome. So where do you see the long-term vision of Brewing and Distilling Center? Like, say, 20, 30 years from now, what do you see the vision of this place you know being? how old I am. Okay. So Mike's going to be the president <laughs> in 20 years. So, Mike, what do you see the vision as? <laughs> well, you know, the name, you know, when we were looking at the name, the Brewing and Distilling Center, um, that was a very important part of, of kind of our overall concept. So we thought about being a school, which is essentially what we are, but a center is more encompassing. So we want to be the go-to source for you know, professional brewing and distilling students. But then we also want to reach people that are the enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. So we want to be a center for all that activity. Um, Dr. White, yeah. you want to add to that? I do. So, give you an example, and I have this several times. So, consulting in the industry. So, I am now working, right now, working with uh, a restaurateur, a local. I'm not even going to tell exactly where it is, but it's sure. towards the mountains. Mm -hmm. A very successful restaurant. He's looking at putting a brew pub in. So, he's doing research on that. He calls me and says, I want you to help me. What size do I need? What is it going to cost? This kind of thing. So we also do consulting mm. for really anything that's involved in the industry. More than likely, we can help folks figure that out. Um, um, we've had Tony Schmidt on before. Have yep. you? Are you guys going to be doing some anything with that with community Cicerone. education and Cicerone and yeah, yeah, and with Kaba and stuff. You bet. So eventually, I want to have Cicerone classes, and Tony's probably going to be my go-to guy for, for that situation. Mm. Um, you know, we are we're a neophyte company. And to be a successful neophyte company, you have to concentrate on one thing at a time. <laughs> so right now, my major goal is really focusing on my current students in the professional uh, certificate program to make sure they are getting everything they need to get. And then as they graduate, get good jobs in the industry. Yeah. Uh, so that is my primary focus. Uh, but DJ, I've got, Mike and I have this pretty long checklist to-do list of different nice. things. Well, I, I love <laughs> yeah. his vision and the fact that he wants he wants every craft beer server in the Knoxville area to be uh, beer server certified. Sure. And the fact that you have, have somebody with that passion or somebody with you that wants to, to uh, um, educate the brewers, like, I mean, I think within the next 10 years, we're going to be rivaling the country and craft, not, not just not quantity of craft beer, but quality of craft beer. Because yeah, we, I, I think that we, I think that we're going to have, we have, we, we have institutions in place that's going to push us forward. And that's really good to see. Like I was on some mission, like, uh, I know Lou Ann's in your program, yeah. right? And I love her beer. Um, I, she, I didn't know she was taking the program. Yeah, yeah. she's That's in the program. good. I, I'm glad. I love yeah, her. Very glad. I love, yeah, she's she a is. great brewer. 
I've had lots yeah. of her beer, and the fact that they, then all that, the fact that I can't wait to, to to taste her beer as it goes on, and as she finishes the program, and as she gets more uh, knowledge, and and how where I know where her her beer is really good right now, right. but I think in so many months it's going to be great. I mean, even better. It will be. So, Let so, me tell you a so, quote from her in the, in the class just this week. I guess it was last week, and she put it really really well. She, she, she's a great home brewer, right? And she goes, she was asked about the program, what she's learning. She says, you know, as a home brewer, there's pieces of this puzzle. And I, what I've realized is, you know, when I realized before the program that there's pieces of this puzzle that are missing, mm -hmm. I didn't know what they were. I'm now discovering what these pieces of the puzzle that are, that are missing, and I'm putting them in place. So I can have this complete picture, if you will, uh, of her being a complete. So that, that's one thing that we 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 do we do too. Yeah, you know, we we can train somebody from scratch who knows nothing. Yeah. But with the home brewers, you know, there's lots of things that they don't know. Yeah. You just you just don't know. Um, and help them put those pieces together, to reach their goals that they're that they're wanting to reach. Back to your question a few minutes ago. Yeah. Where, where do you see the, the, we call it the BDC, the Brewing Distilling Center, five, 10, 20 years. Um, we see it, my goal is to be one of the top three brewing and distilling schools in the United States. And, re and really the complete brewing and distilling schools. There's really yeah. no, there's a, little bit of, there's a little bit of distilling going on in, in, in different areas, but not a complete A to Z. Mm. With the support of, of my area distillers that I've gotten to know, and um, the president of the Tennessee Distillers Guild is 100% behind this program, and we will, I guess I'm going out of limb, but saying the, the support, if you will, of the Tennessee mm -hmm. Distilling Guild. Um, and whether you realize it or not, um, of course, Kentucky has their bourbon. Tennessee is well known yeah. for whiskey. Yes, all varieties of whiskey. It's it's funny you say that. I saw um, just last night. My wife and I DVR'd the Colbert Show, okay. and Matthew McConaughey was on. You know, he's the creative director for Wild Turkey right now. Did not know. Uh, that. Yes, Stephen Colbert's assessment of the Wild Turkey when he brought it out was he was like, "Oh yeah, this is a good Tennessee bourbon, isn't it?" <laughs> so yes, we are known. We are known yeah. for our whiskey. Yeah, so we're really excited. He was quickly reacted, by the way, but it was really funny. We we are real excited excited about the prospects of expanding into the distilling education because it's oh. a huge gap there. Yeah. So we, we want to be a, a mecca for anything and everything that has to do with the brewing or distilling industries. That's awesome. However we can to support it. So that's where we see if that's answer to your question. Absolutely is. Thank you. You sounded like you had something, DJ. You started good. to say something. I'm good to go. You're good to go? <laughs> well, I think I, I started to say that, and I kind of thought, I oh, answered that already. So I recanted my before I got it out recanted. there. Recanted, that's a good word. There you go. Big words. Are you a politician now? No, not okay. at all. <laughs> no. Oh. I can lie like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, me too. Right, right there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, cool. Well, Todd, where if, if someone says, okay, I want to get involved in the Brewing Distilling Center, I want to either you know just learn something about craft beer, or I want to go through this whole program, like my friend that probably should, you know, since he works remotely, take take the time and come up here and actually learn for a little while. Yep. Um, 
what would you recommend they do? How do they get started? When do the next set of classes yeah. start? How do they find you? Okay, so maybe the easiest is just our website. Okay. Brewinganddistillingcenter.com. How easy is that? Brewinganddistillingcenter.com. Um, and the website really has a pretty good overview of, of our classes and prices and, and, and times, but our, we're going to have three of the professional brewing distilling technology uh, certificate programs. And we call them, rather than sessions, we call them batches. Oh, oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, we're, we're brilliant marketing. Uh. <laughs> um, but we, we're going to have three batches of our certificate program next year. Uh, the first one's going to start January 8th. Mm -hmm. And again, they're 13 weeks. And I'll tell you the price right now, they're $6,000. Wow. And that is a really, really good deal. About half the price of others, mm -hmm. and 13 weeks is, is a really concentrated time, and a little over, we're right at three months, um, and so it's a very, we feel like a very good investment yeah. to potentially get a really nice job in the industry. Yeah, for a state-approved school that's industry-respected. That's Authorized awesome. by the State of Tennessee Higher Education Commission, and yeah, we do have, um, because of what we've done in the past and the relationships we've developed in the brewing and now distilling industries, me and, and Marty and, and other of our um, professors and then our graduates out there um, uh, providing the good word. We, we've got a, a developing a really good relationship and, and reputation in the industry, and I, I'd expect the BDC to really push on and, and, and really have a great um, relationships in, in, um, in the industry. That's great. Yeah. DJ, any parting thoughts? Well, I actually, I do. Um, I didn't really <laughs> throw this on you, but, but I, didn't, I meant to ask you about this earlier. But okay. I, I didn't, but I, you know what? I'm just going to throw it on you spur of the moment. That's the way oh, I do things. Oh, jeez. Okay. But, so I was, I was thinking, I think, I, I was been thinking of good closing questions to podcasts. And so, like, so uh, I thought of one that I think I'm going to roll with for now. Okay, go for it. And what's in your beer fridge now? What is in your beer fridge? That's a great question. So, I've got some Rebel IPA. I am a German lager guy. Oh, there you go. I, I like all beers. Some beers I like more than others. Yeah. Obviously, like, like most of us do, but I'm a German lager guy. And the old question, what I've got in my fridge, or if you're stranded on a desert island, what beer would you uh, have, what album would you have? And But uh, <laughs> I think the beer fridge question yeah, is, is... I think it's is, a good is, question, DJ. It's, it's like, what are you drinking now? Yeah. Um, Vince Stefaner, uh, original, which is their lager. Oh, nice. Yeah. And That's my go-to. I have to give Todd credit. So before I was really totally craft beer immersed, you know, I mean, I was always a, you know, drinker, a dark beer guy. You know, I was, you know, I'd drink some, some brown ale, some, some different things, but really Todd was the one that, uh, it was our beer tastings that we did together that, Turned my tide with IPAs. Um, so, first IPA that I grew to like was Hot Project by Yazoo. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of went through the beer geek pro progression where I went from that to, you know, drinking Mexican cake and, you know, everything under the sun. And then I've kind of reverted back uh, a little bit. So, half my beer fridge, I've got, you know, some Imperial Stout, some barrel aged stuff. You know, some Blackberry Farm beer, you know, things that you age. 
then the other half of my beer fridge is, you know, what I consider my my session, my go-to beer, which is now all canned beer. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've got my you know my high lie in there. I've got Sweetwater IPA, which is just a, well, a great IPA. Yeah, um, you can never go wrong with that. Ale, you know, there, yeah. there's a few of those those beers mm-hmm. that are you know it's like. Just so I can say, just so I can say it on the podcast, I've been drinking a lot of Screaming Cock lately. <laughs> you know that <laughs> that's beer a great beer. Was one of the beers that really stood out to me. Ron Downer, of course, is one of the instructors um, for the Brewing and Distilling Center, and that's one of his original recipes. He's a great friend of ours, and I missed that beer so bad because it had been out of the lineup yeah. for a long time. And now that it's back in a can, uh, you can't beat it. Uh, well, I mean, we were, I'm part of the Manchester United Club, um, the soccer club here in town. And we, we, were, uh, we were at uh, MLB and they had it on special for, for $3 a can. That was a mistake. By them, we 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 we, we took care of them. They, they drank all three cases. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We watched the game and they were like, "We don't have any more left." Like, we let them, we 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 took care of the special. So, so but 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 thank you. So that's I guess so you're drinking some cans right now. So you're you. I love the can beer. Just you know the package is easy. Yeah. Um, you can take it anywhere. Recyclable. Yeah. It's recyclable, yeah. you know. A lot of reasons to drink out of cans. Yeah. There there is. There's a lot of reasons and you know, I'm I've gotten kind of boring, you know, unless I'm having company over and it's I'm you're married down you got and three kids. That's right. true. <laughs> married and three kids, I've gotten really boring. So unless I'm gonna be sharing a you know, some barrel aged crazy you know, a Mexican cake or, or you know, whatever a you know, Brooklyn Black Ops or, or whatever I may have in the fridge. You know, my everyday go-to is going to be some kind of IPA in a can just because I like hops. Mm. It's easy to drink, and the package is great. You know, you just pop the top and go. Well, I do awesome. have a, a tangerine ale by a student. I'm always getting students giving me beer. Oh, right. man, I bet. So, always. Yeah, so I've got a tangerine ale that I need to open by that, a current student. That's awesome. That's, that's what I didn't consult with you. I went to talk, talk to you earlier today. Yeah. That I thought that would be a good, good ender to the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. You shared yours. I guess I'll, I'll share mine. Yeah, I'm, on the, I'm on the cans right now, too. Absolutely. All, Founders All Day IPA. Oh, that's great. I just, it's the best. I don't know why, but for, for me, like, after mowing the lawn, it's my, my after the mowing the lawn beer. Go. Just so good. So good. And, and actually, I, hang on one second. I, I do have to quote Marty Vellis on this because he, he told us, you know, that those um, session IPAs, he's like, those are just pale ales. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he said that um, on a previous podcast months ago. But yeah, I mean, it's basically a pale, yeah. but it is so good. It's so good. I was saying, that was what. That's what I want to end with from now on. We're having a, I'm down with a production the DJ. meeting on the podcast right now. I know. This is like <laughs> this is like insider knowledge in the podcast. I feel really honored. <laughs> to be watching good, 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 good. I'm glad. But, uh, I mean, just hit the website is what we're going to do. Yeah, so brewingdistillingcenter.com. Yes. That'll give you anything. Also, we've got Facebook um, appearance, um, presence, um, Brewing Distilling Center on, on Facebook. Yeah. And Instagram. It's yeah. all right. Right. And hopefully, and on humble, uh, and on humble beer podcast, if I can say it, you you. absolutely. I, we really, really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time to have us. Uh, well, thank you yeah. for coming out. Yeah.
I must say, if you're looking for a good beer event to attend, uh, Todd and I are both very charity oriented and sit on the board of the Tennessee Winter Beer Fest. Great, great beer Um, festival. It's an awesome beer festival. If you haven't been to that beer fest, you've got to come out. It's a party. It is a hell of a party and a great time. Uh, Get a room for a cause that is <laughs> and I, 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 have fun. Yeah, yeah. But cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. Absolutely, cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. All right. Well, that's great. Well, um, this has been Chris Hill, DJ Luke, and remember to stay humble and try new beer. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm